His Morning Crew with Rob, Allison, and Jim. Catching up with... You are the one. A man with an amazing voice. A career that has moved people to Christ. And he's got a new song out, too. That's Remember to Remember. And I know you know that voice. You know him. He is Stephen Curtis Chapman. He's on Skype with us this morning. How you doing, man? What is going on, brother? Dude, you're dropping kids off at school and everything. Still doing that thing at your age. You know, it is it is kind of crazy. Um, we I am we have one in the nest still, Stevie Joy. Um, we took Steve, we took Joey to, to college this fall, just about a month ago. She started college, so we have one in the nest, Stevie Joy. She is 15. She'll be 16 in about a month. So we are down to our last month of me having to roll out of bed oh, man. and drive to school with a, and she's driving. So trust me, I'm praying a lot. <laughs> I'm sure you are. It's, so. It's, 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 it's great for your prayer life. That's I'm sure, good. right? So here we are with Stephen Curtis Chapman. The man has 20 albums, five Grammy Awards, 58 Dove Awards. He's got videos like you wouldn't believe, but yet the most popular video ever released by Stephen Curtis Chapman, 15 oh, no. million views, <laughs> is the dude dumping his head in a big bag of popcorn. Uh, what is that? You know, it makes you wonder. It kind of makes, makes one question. Everything you do, because you go, okay, I labor over these songs, you know, pour over them, pour through scripture. You know, I really want this to matter. I want to encourage people to remember to remember and dive in and saddle up for the great adventure, you know, and all these things. And then I, you know, in a moment of just goofiness, uh, I, I get a big bag of popcorn because I love popcorn. And after every concert, if I smell it while I'm doing a concert, it's really hard for me to stay focused on getting through the concert because I'm like, I need popcorn. I want popcorn. <laughs> and if you haven't seen the popcorn video, I mean, 15 million views already. You don't need to. If you oh, haven't, yeah. but it's like yourself. A, it's a huge trash bag, man. We're talking a big black hefty bag of popcorn. Yeah. <laughs> we asked him at the end of the night, um, my guys that know I love popcorn, they went, they always go back and say, hey, do you have a bat? You know, do you got a little box of popcorn or something left over we can take back? Stephen Curtis, he got a whiff of that popcorn. He, he would love some. And so they, they just dumped everything, you know, that they had left. They were emptying out all the machines and they had this massive bag of popcorn, like trash bag. They said, well, we're getting ready to throw this away. I mean, it's good. We just took it out of the machine. Nothing's wrong with it. You guys want it? And so they brought it on the bus as a joke. They're like, here you go. Here's your popcorn. Here's your bag of popcorn. And, um, so everybody had, you know, it, whatever they wanted. I made sure that people have asked. You know, my mom was concerned. Did you give that to other people after you stuffed your face in it? I said, no, mother. I made sure everyone was finished. I promise. Mom. Oh, well, I think a lot of people love that about you, your goofy side. And, in fact, every Monday you give us the gift of hashtag mullet Monday. I got to know, though, you've been sharing these photos for a while. Are you ever going to run out? of Stephen Kerr's Chapman mullet photos to share? You know, it, it, it's an endless supply. It's just, a, it's it's kind of like the grace of God. It just, it just never, never runs out. <laughs> the gift that keeps on giving. Yeah. So, Shoei, you just said she's off in college. How did you handle that, man? You know what? It was... Um, I was great. Um, I, it was the same thing with Emily because she's so excited, you know, and so ready for this new chapter of life. 
that it, I find this kind of sort of paradox for me because I'm, I'm certainly sad, but I'm so excited for her and she's so ready to be on her own. The idea of trying to keep her around for a little longer, that's not really a good idea. Just trust me. Cause she's like, no, I'm ready. Mm. And mom's like, yeah, she's, she, she's ready, but she's not ready at the same time. You know, uh, if parents of older children know what I'm talking about, they, they think they're probably readier than they really are sometimes. True that. But, but she, um, she was so excited. So I was really good, but then it just, it was so weird. Like this, this moment right before she left, it hit me that she's going to be like not waking up in my house and she's going to be with all these strange people and all these potentially really weird people that I'm not, that I'm not going to like maybe, or feel comfortable with her hanging around. And all of a sudden I'm like, wait a minute, she's getting ready to go and, and I'm not going to be there. And man, I got sad and I just started to cry. So I had one good, probably one or two good cries. But other than that, I've been, uh, it, I'm, I'm really excited for her. It's, it's awesome. She's doing so good. She's plugged in with a great group of friends. We just were down there, uh, for a football game. Uh, she's going to Alabama, university of Alabama, roll tie roll. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm having to learn how to roll tide. I never even, I still, I'm not sure I completely know what, what roll tide means or how you're supposed to roll tide, but I'm learning, I'm working on it. Um, and, uh, but it's, uh, she's there. She's in, uh, she's great people, great, great friends, great, you know, teachers and, and, uh, just the environment that she's in. We got to visit last weekend with the, the president, uh, Dr. Bell and his wife, uh, are amazing people, believers, just so many godly people there. So we're, we're really encouraged and thrilled for her. And then, of course, your daughter, Stevie Joy, last one in the nest. You mentioned learning how to drive. She's also quite the athlete. I was watching some of her stunts that she performs, and I was nervous. So what's it like for you watching her perform these stunts? Isn't that crazy? I know. I'm seeing it there on your screen. That's hilarious. I love that you guys have that. She, um, yes, she is. She's quite the, the cheerleader. She was a, a very serious gymnast for a while. Um, when, and which is, I love telling the story cause it's crazy. You know, when we, when we adopted Stevie joy, um, she was very sick and just tiny and she's still very tiny, but she was, um, the, the, all the information we got when we received Stevie is that when they found her, uh, abandoned, uh, you know, she was taken to an orphanage and which is how we ended up being able to adopt her. But she was about three pounds when they, when they discovered her kind of, uh, tucked away in, in the bushes, uh, out on the pathway out in the countryside in China. And she, um, so the fact that she survived is, is pretty amazing. And then you watch these videos and you see her doing these ridiculous, crazy things. Um, it's, it's just amazing. And it's a evidence of God's, you know, the story that he has for, for our lives. It's sometimes so different than maybe how it looks at the beginning. And she's, she's great. I, I, I'm very nervous when I'm watching those. I'm usually just praying a lot and, uh, you know, close my eyes and it's a lot of trust. It's a very good, uh, constant good lesson in trust. Cause she trusts, you know, those people underneath her. And I'm like, okay, if you're going to trust them, I guess I got to trust them too. But, uh, I'm going to pray a lot, too. Yeah, I'm with you on that. Uh, by the way, we're talking with Stephen Curtis Chapman this morning on his radio, and you'll have three opportunities to see Stephen Curtis Chapman because the solo tour is coming through in Durham at the Carolina Theater, in uh, Charleston at the Charleston Music Hall, and then at First Baptist Church of Indian Trail in Charlotte. And all on your own, huh? It's solo. 
Yes. Yeah. You know, I, you guys know this, uh, Rob, and, and you guys there at his radio, you've seen me many times through the years with some of the best musicians in the world. I've had inc incredible band mates uh, on tours. But um, this tour, you know, it kind of started when I was writing my book, uh, just telling my story, going all the way back to the beginning. I can sort of go wherever the story takes us. And, uh, you know, I can kind of take little detours and say, hey, this, this song, you know, I mean, I'm going, I'm playing the first song my dad taught me on the guitar, you know, Johnny Cash song. I mean, I'm, I'm throwing in all kinds of fun little stuff throughout the night. Um, just as I'm as I'm telling the story, and uh, it gives me the freedom to be able to do that. And it seems like, from what I'm hearing anyway, audiences are having a blast and loving it, and uh, and enjoying it almost as much as I am. So it's been pretty sweet. That is so cool. We're, we're getting, starting to get a little interruption in the Skype signal. So Stephen, dude, amazing. Always good to have fun with you on his radio. Song's amazing. Remember to remember Stephen Curtis Chapman's solo coming close to you really soon. You'll see all about that at hisradio.com. Mornings with Rob, Allison, and Jim. If you grew up in church as a kid, were you in the service sitting next to your parents or grandparents? Lifesavers. Yeah, that's what got you through the service? Yes. That's funny. Yeah, I remember my grandma kind of entertaining me and drawing on the program and all that kind of thing. So it kind of makes you think because these days, like, my son doesn't sit with us at service. He's mm -hmm. in Sunday school. Mm -hmm. um, so this parent was at church with their little one in the service. And an usher handed them this card. And on the card, it says, thank you for being committed to being in church with your child. In order to allow those seated near you to engage in the message, please enjoy the remainder of the service in our lobby. <laughs> oh, ouch. In other words, get out. <laughs> a little bit. And then it goes on to say, a connection team member will assist you. But can you imagine being handed this card? Like, how mortifying. But then I got to thinking, like, I'm sure there were times when I was a kid misbehaving in church where I should have enjoyed the rest of the service in the lobby. Our oldest is 33 now. Mm -hmm. And so Wes would be in the church service with us. We didn't have the children's church where they went out. Yeah. It was very, it was kind of a traditional kind of a thing, but not traditional to the music of today back then, mm -hmm. whatever today was. So we would bring coloring books and all this other stuff so he would be entertained. A busy bag. Yeah. Sometimes <laughs> you get on the pew and jump up and down. And you're like, okay, sit down, Wes. <laughs> sit down, sit down. <laughs> The kids do it. You know what my husband did when he was a kid during services? Okay, well, he grew up in Northern Ireland, and all the women wear big hats to church. It's like the tr the thing. They still do it today. Uh -huh. He would roll up little bits of the program and no. throw it in the brim of the ladies' hats. No. What a rebel. I know. He says that was him every week. Man, can you imagine them going home and dumping their hat on? Where did all this spitballs come from? I know. He should have. Did, did he do spitballs? So naughty. No, I don't think spit was involved. Okay. Well, Tim, next time you go to church and there's hats, spitballs, buddy. I don't care if you're in your 30s, dude. Hey, I don't think you should be saying that, Rob. Spitballs, <laughs> man. ideas here. Yeah. You know, what crazy things did your kids do? In the church service, we are so curious. Let's just kind of lighten up the whole atmosphere since Hurricane Florence is coming our way. Mm -hmm. Let's remember those times and what your kids did during the church service that you went, oh, no. 800-447-7234. You can join the conversation. More than just pretty voices. Well, we learned that Allison's husband, Tim, when he was just a little boy and he was in church, 
he would do spitballs into the ladies' hats in church because they wore the hats. Well, I don't know if they were spitballs. They were oh. a little piece of paper he would throw like a basketball into their hat rim. They were spitballs. <laughs> did you bring Tim? Did you bring straws to church? He probably did. And just went. Poof. <laughs> Just like that. So we started thinking this morning about, well, how about when you were a kid or how about your kids and what did they do during the church service? You know, that crazy stuff at 800-447-7234. Aaron said my son thought the rhetorical questions from the pulpit were supposed to be answered. So he's shouting out his opinion. No, he did not. That's awesome. (laughs) Ashley says we had our three sons dedicated a few months ago. I dressed them in matching outfits and the preacher asked if mom or dad picked out the clothes. My oldest told him mom did it and said in front of the congregation, his dad is clueless, doesn't know anything, and his mom does it all. The entire church got a good laugh out of it. All right, there you go. That's a smart dad there. <laughs> okay, so uh, Deborah's here. What happened, Deborah? Oh, it was us growing up. We wouldn't make a move in church. My mother could give us a look that would stop us in our tracks, and she would pinch you if you did something out of line. Ooh. But my baby sister was six years younger, and she would she would have the audacity to sit in church and go, ouch, that hurt. You pinched me. <laughs> like, really loud. And we were, my brother and I would be mortified that my sister would dare defy and make, and just be out with it because we were always, we always caved. Mornings with Rob, Allison, and Jim. We thought we'd lighten it up a little bit since it's like, okay, enough of the floor and stuff. I get it. I'm like in the middle of all this. So we thought, how about that crazy stuff you did as a kid in church or maybe your own children at 800-447-7234? This is kind of cool. Tina and her sister, they always got into trouble for talking in church. So she says, we learned some basic sign language so we could talk without getting in trouble. Good for you, Tina. That's innovative. Yeah, Tiffany said when my brother was four, I guess he thought the pastor was running a little long. So he wrote the word stop on a piece of paper and held it up before no. uh, her mom realized <laughs> what he was doing. <laughs> really? That's hilarious. Oh. <laughs> Cue cards. Wrap it up. <laughs> yeah, five minutes, Pastor. Come on now. <laughs> Wrap this puppy up. So, Joellen is here. What about your story, Joellen? Oh, my kids. I had five kids, um, and they were only like seven years apart. And my youngest one liked to, we usually sat in the back of the, the sanctuary, and my youngest one liked to get under the pews and crawl all the way to the front. How so did you get them back? To, <laughs> I would have to chase her up to the... <laughs> And catch her up at the front. No, wait a minute. Did you have to get out of the pew or did you crawl under too? Oh, no, 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 no. I got up and walked to the front. (laughs) (laughs) We all knew what was happening when Joellen had to get out of the pew. Emily was on the run. Rob, Allison, and Jim. Remember back in time when you or maybe one of your kids did something crazy at church at 800-447-7234. Mindy says her little brother used to try to take change out of the collection plate. She said, Mom gave us a five, and he thought he should get change. (laughs) Well, very nice. (laughs) That's a little awkward. Debbie says, my then two-year-old daughter was starting to have a tantrum in church, so her dad started to take her out, at which point the song, What Child Is This, started, (laughs) and the congregation chuckled as she flew into a full-blown tantrum as they left. That's great timing. (laughs) I know, right? So we're hearing from Renee as well. What's your story, Renee? My daughter activated Siri. How loud was it? Uh, Loud enough that all of my Sunday school people in the pews around us heard it. They all had a good chuckle. I'm sure, right? What did she ask Siri? Well, so in the 
children's sermon they do right before they was uh, the children's leader taught them about Siri and asked Siri how to get to heaven. So she never had known that Siri was before that. So she's like, hey, Siri. And then it started talking during the middle of the pastor's sermon. So I had to hurry and quiet it down. Mornings with Rob, Allison, and Jim. Hey, go to our website or our app. We do have available for you eight ways to prepare for Hurricane Florence. There's some helpful resources that are there that are trusted on our website as well. That's at hisradio.com. So this parent was at church with their little one and an usher handed them this card. This is what it said. Thank you for being committed to being at church with your child. In order to allow those seated near you to engage in the message, please enjoy the remainder of the service in our lobby. Ouch. I guess the kid was being a little rambunctious. Nicely said. (laughs) It was nicely said. (laughs) Very, very soft way to say you got to get your kid out of church. Yes. I understand that. So we started thinking because she's not the only one. So, um, or he, I don't know if that was given to a dad or a mom. We don't know. Yeah. But I do know this. Something happened either when you were a kid or your child was with you, a crazy thing that happened in that church service at 800-447-7234. Jennifer says, my dad was a pastor and one night during revival, I fell asleep. He proceeded to get a stack of choir books and continued to preach as he walked down the aisle and dropped the stack of books by me on the hardwood floor. Oh, how high uh-huh. did Jennifer jump on that, huh? <laughs> mm-hmm. Faith is along with us. It's your story, Faith. I was a awful child um, to my parents in church. There was this one time that I was standing up, you know, playing with my dad's hair. I was like two or three, I think. I was looking through his hair. I had watched other kids go through having lice and things like that. Well, I was looking through my dad's hair and I just shouted, Daddy, you got bugs! (laughs) And and everyone stopped. It was like a quiet moment in church, too. It It was one of the most serious moments. And then I looked back, I said, yep, daddy, you got bugs. Mornings with Rob, Allison, and Jim. There are times that, uh, well, when we're in church and we're thinking about the altar, that our kids can go a little, oh, crazy. 800-447-7234. It's Rob, Allison, and Jim and his morning crew. Melinda says, I was about five years old and had my first pair of slip-on shoes. I was sitting, swinging my foot, and my shoe went flying and landed by the altar. So I got up and walked out and picked up my shoe. My father was mortified. She had to go to the altar. She did. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we also heard from uh, Cindy. Uh, brought my young niece for the first time to church. She asked, she asks in service, why is there a big T on the stage? T, probably the cross. Yeah. There okay. you go, Rob. Hey, <laughs> little T, big T. Mm-hmm. That was the little T. Looks like a cross. I get it sometimes. <laughs> There's a brilliant moment in there, and it's only one a year, and I waited until now to do it. Okay, Donna, how about your story? Tell you about my daughter's baptism. What happened? Um, Pastor, she was a little angel. She had big blue eyes, blonde curly hair. I dressed her, of course, you know, like the prettiest outfit she had. She's standing up in front of the church, and the pastor sprinkles water on her head, and everybody's, you know, just so impressed and solemn in this beautiful moment. And she takes her little hand, wipes across the top of her head, and says, I knocked it off. 
And everybody started laughing, but they were also horrified. And the lady behind me said, I have a copy of James Dobson's A Difficult Child. I'll be glad to share it with you. Mortified. That's a smack. <laughs> but she was an angel, and she is an angel today. She's 34 years old, <laughs> and she's terrific. Rob, Allison, and Jim. Plenty of people want to go to Paris or Rome, but me? I want to go to Waco, Texas. Are y'all ready to see your fixer-upper? Oh, my. <laughs> you know why. <laughs> she wants to go to Waco. That's why, where Chip and Joe are. It just sounds like a magical place. You know, I would think she would just stalk Chip and Joe. I might. Yeah. I might. She has. <laughs> but if you're thinking like Allie, um, I wouldn't mind going to Waco, Texas either. See? Well, you alone. could, yeah, with a merry and bright little Waco experience. It's uh, it's a way that you can win a trip to Waco, Texas. Experience that whole thing that Chip and Joanna put together mm-hmm. with the silos and everything. You'll see that online at uh, at hisradio.com. You know, it'd be really fun. What's that? If we called someone in Waco to get some insider info, you know, like an expert source. Mm-hmm. Right now? Yeah. It's a little early, isn't it? It is Central Time. He's right. Yeah, it is early. I'm usually right. Well, you're not gonna you're not gonna believe this. Not only does Allie want to wake somebody up, because you know we all can oversleep. So we have Tanya that's on the line, and Tanya, I understand that you would like to wake up somebody too, huh, girl? Good morning, his radio. <laughs> How are you? Oh, I'm just wonderful. How are you? Are you in bed? Of course I am. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like we're waking you up, Tanya. I did set my alarm up, but you guys beat me to it. <laughs> of course. Of course. So we're waking up somebody on your behalf, Tanya. Who would that be and why? Scott and Shauna Mellon. Uh, they live out in Waco, and I think that they'd have a fun time with this. <laughs> How do you think they're going to react when you wake them up with your signature wake up? They'll be excited to hear my voice. Can I tell you something about Tanya that you may not realize? Please. She, believe it or not, with that sweet little voice, is a police officer. No, you're not. You really? (laughs) Yes, I am. Wow. (laughs) Everybody must accept tickets from you with a smile on their face. I know. I do get a lot of thank yous, which is sweet. (laughs) That's great. Okay, so we have Scott's number. We're going to give him a call right now. Hello? Morning, Scott Mellon. It's Tanya. Tanya, what's going on? How are you? I'm doing great. How are you doing? Good. Did I wake you up? No. Oh. <laughs> we thought we might have waken you up. What are you doing up so early, Scott? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Super early. Uh-huh. That is such a nice voice to wake up to, though, wouldn't it be? It Tanya's is. sweet little voice. So how, so how was I so lucky to be picked by Tanya for this, uh, for this treat? She thought you'd be the most angry person and grumpy getting out of bed, and you're not. <laughs> Oh yeah, no, no. She knows. She knows how angry I get. <laughs> well, see, now we're also giving away a trip during the Christmas time to Waco, and so we got a couple of questions for you while we got you on the line. Yeah, we right. know you've lived in Waco a long time. So, for someone that's coming there for the first time, what do you suggest that they have to do? Well, the reason everybody's coming to Waco these days is do the uh, fixer upper tour. So they do uh, Magnolia. 
stay uh, stay downtown, shop, go out to eat. I'd say the uh, majority of people that are traveling into Waco right now are coming in to see uh, Chip and Joanna go to uh, the Magnolia Silos and hang out there. Well, Scott, you're a good sport. I'm sorry you were already awake when we called you, but we all can oversleep. Oh, Tanya, I still love you, even though you had this big setup for me. <laughs> Thanks, Scott. Hey, thanks, guys. Have a great day. She's a cop. I know. <laughs> <laughs> a tiny little petite voice. <laughs> Stop Bye. in the name of the law. <laughs> I'm going to give you a ticket. <laughs> and you're under arrest. <laughs> Put your hands on the car. Wow. <laughs> I'm sorry. We love you, Tanya. You're awesome. Hey, you want to win that trip to Waco, Texas that we're talking about? All you have to do is text the word Waco to 800-447-7234, and you could have a merry and bright Christmas. Waco is waiting. And so is the Magnolia Market, Garden, and Restaurant for the winner of our share first day giveaway. It's a merry and bright Magnolia Christmas experience. Support his radio today, or at least before the 7 p.m drawing on October 8th and you'll be automatically entered to win. Imagine browsing, shopping, and dining in the shadow of the silos while experiencing Christmas hospitality Waco style. No gift is required, but we hope you'll give. To find details, contest rules, and to make your gift, visit hisradio.com today. Mornings with Rob, Allison, and Jim. Oh, by the way, Jim Mann, who's our producer, has such a strong feeling for cats. So I have a feeling. I just have a gumption on the inside. A feline? A feline. <laughs> the Jim Man has yet another cat story. Well, this is about my friend Cindy Juarez, who is driving to work. She lives in L.A. And uh, she kept hearing this noise. And uh, when she stopped her little Mercedes, uh, she realized there was a little kitten somewhere in my vehicle. Oh. Couldn't figure out where it was, and so the sound was coming from like in the wheel area, the wheel well. Mm-hmm. And then they look in there and they see the little kitten down inside there, and oh. they're like giving it water through a little straw and stuff like that. But they have no idea how it got in there, nor how to get it out. So they call the fire department. They can't help. I thought that's what they do, get cats out of wheel wells, but apparently not. Then they call it animal control. They couldn't help. So they said, hey. forest fires in California, the firefighters are probably busy. They all would have stopped that and gotten this kitten out. (laughs) Okay. Then they call the Mercedes dealership and they say, well, we can do it, but it's going to be very costly for you because I'll have to take the car apart. Along comes a friend, Carlos, with his little, little jack. Put it up there. He didn't know how he was going to do it, but he just started working away. Had a few tools. Took the car apart, basically. <laughs> Finally got the little kitten out. Nice. Took a couple hours. And of course, now he's putting it back together. That's been taking weeks. I was <laughs> no, kidding. But uh, they're all so excited. And Cindy, she wanted to keep the little thing. It's so cute. I wish I could keep it, but my mom's allergic to cats. Oh, are you her mom? <laughs> Rob? Me? No, and I'm not her dad either, and yes, I'm allergic to cats. Ah, uh, yes. It was a cute little thing. Every cat story Jim has, I have an allergic reaction to. Carlos. <laughs> Carlos is really the hero of this story. He is. He's the friend you always want to have. He's so handy. And the poor guy spent hours of his life yeah. <laughs> getting this and cat out. He only charged 80% of what the Mercedes dealership <laughs> is going to charge. Exactly. So they get a discount. Yeah. Oh. He did it for free. Yeah, that's t- that too. 
But yeah, it's always good to have a Carlos around. Okay. And he just quietly worked away, got the kid now, and started putting the car together. And, and Jim Mann has been our Carlos for years. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yeah, man. What kind of cat hangs out in your house? House cat. What kind of cat hangs out in the alley? Alley cat. What kind of cat is a chocolate candy bar? Kit Kat. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what kind of cat are you? Tell me, tell me true. What kind of cat are you? I'll give you those clues. What kind of cat are you? Those my whiskers. Mornings with Rob, Allison, and Jim. I love ice cream. She does. I'm not afraid to admit it. I eat it almost every night. In fact, before my 40th birthday next year, I set the goal of trying every flavor of Haagen-Dazs, which is a mission I am excited to be on. (laughs) You should see your breakfast. (laughs) However, if I'm eating an ice cream cone, and I know you guys are all fascinated about this information. Oh, Rob. um, (laughs) If I'm eating an ice cream cone from like, you know, Marble Slab or Cold Stone Creamery or something, you know what my favorite bite is? The last one? Yes! Oh, wow, that was a guess. Wow, good job. The very last one, the tip of the cone that has the melted ice cream in it. Sometimes chocolate. Mm, my mouth is watering just thinking about it. No, seriously, though, if I'm eating an ice cream around you and I get to that point, I'll be like, be quiet so I can enjoy this moment. Drool is <laughs> dripping off her chin now. But, you know, you have to get through a lot of ice cream, a lot of calories to enjoy that one bite, right? Well, this 21-year-old brilliant young man in South Dakota invented Muddy Bites. It is a bite-sized waffle cone. It's like the tip, the bottom, the last bite of an ice cream cone. He's actually just selling the last bite? Yes. Wow. Isn't that amazing? Who He's ate a the genius. rest of it? I don't know. That mm-hmm. would be a fun job to have. Where are they? You don't <laughs> have them here? <laughs> No, because There's no crew review. They're not officially out yet. He's gonna launch a Kickstarter uh-huh. and all of that, so he's got my support. Mm-hmm. She's already signed on. <laughs> I'm, I'm like gonna be an investor in his company. <laughs> oh my word! <laughs> yeah. So, dude in South Dakota, mm-hmm. you genius. Call me. We we should talk. So this is like buying food that's like the last thing on someone's plate. I'm thinking how many people are contributing their last bite to this thing. (laughs) Somebody has to eat it, right, before he puts it in the package? But it feels so good to know I'm not alone, you know? Uh, You are. It's not a good feeling. I'm a little disturbed. (laughs) (laughs) And we'll leave it at that. Mornings with Rob, Allison, and Jim. So here's a special day, Tuesday for Lewis. He loves Tuesdays because today... He's headed to the NICU at the USA Children's and Women's Hospital. See, he's going for one purpose, and that is to rock preemie babies. He's 81 years old. He rocks, he feeds, he burps these babies who need loving arms. You see, it's hard for parents to be there 24-7 when their child is a preemie. And so, Lewis goes to help. I just love to look at their expressions when I'm rocking them. And this one's looking at me right now. Earlier, was smiling at me, and it just makes your day. You know, for him to even come with his time alone is fabulous. But then... The donation with all that money, it's like, wow. It was massively surprising. Yeah, Lewis is a retired banker, and the uh, money he donated is a million bucks. So Lewis has done well for himself. He's done well for himself. (laughs) He goes, he volunteers his time to rock those preemie babies in his retirement, and he donated a million dollars to help out all those babies in that NICU at that hospital. What a legacy. You know? 
Man, I would love doing that, uh, you know, minus the million, because I don't really have that. But you wow. just want to rock the babies? Yeah, that'd be oh, great. That that's is so sweet. sweet. <laughs> Thank you. I never would have guessed. What? Yeah. <laughs> babies. Everyone loves babies. Your little, you know, delicate, dainty arms. <laughs> My massive, manly arms. Yeah, well, you can, um, as you like to say but, it that way. <laughs> My first child was a preemie. So You're right. You do have a connection there. There you go. Aw, you do have a heart. Rob, Allison, and Jim. Some people are just born encouragers. They can't help but spread joy wherever they go. Valerie is one of those people. And if you've ever flown through Charlotte Doug- Douglas International Airport, you may have seen or heard her. It is happy does. You don't need no light bulb. All you need is a little light you don't need no live bulb. All you need is a little love. Come on, girl. <laughs> she works at the Today Retail Shop, and she brings smiles to so many people who are just walking through the terminal, probably, you know, kind of dazed out. And then they hear Valerie, and they're like, woo, woo. Okay, Val. <laughs> That helps when you're a little late going to your next connection. I can't help but think of all the people that are on the move this morning and the rest of the week. And I just pray that you encounter someone like Valerie in your day to help you smile a little bit in the journey. Or maybe you could be a Valerie. That's true. Good Mm -hmm. point. I want to be a Valerie. Jim, you're a Valerie. Yes, Jim. You're a Valerie today. (laughs) Go, Valerie man. Wow. Rob, Allison, and Jim. I'll tell you, in Columbia, Harvest Food Bank, they're ready. They're ready to help out big time. As a matter of fact, Reggie Carter is the food bank manager over there. He's amazing. He personally knows what Hurricanes Florence uh, victims are going to go through because in 2014, he was affected by the Great Flood in Columbia. I know exactly what they will be going through, so... It's really important for us to be, get, make sure we we get the ball rolling on our side to make sure we can help them on time. Here's the good news. They already have a little over 500 boxes and bags of food packed up to help out a lot of victims. And they need a whole lot more, too, so hopefully some people will help out so they can uh, help out a lot, even a whole lot more people over at the Harvest Food Bank in Columbia. Yeah, I love how they have those boxes already ready. They're not waiting for fresh donations to come in after the storm. They've got these kits you know, filled with water and food and, you know, supplies, household supplies ready to go for the people because inevitably, you know, there's going to be a need and they're going to meet it. Yeah, huge. I was reading that Duke Power in North Carolina are expecting even more outages than Matthew brought hmm. the last storm that came through. So there, there are people who are going to need all this stuff big time. Wow. I like it when when people actually listen to the warnings and stuff and leave rather than try to hold on to what they have because... Uh, it's kind of like a biblical thing, trying to hold on to your material stuff. Mm-hmm. Just get out of the way, for crying out loud. You can't stop a hurricane. Yeah, you know, people are going to be bunkering down in their homes, and yeah. hopefully they'll listen and just get out of there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If you're on the road, like Rob said, we'd love to talk to you, pray for you, hear what it's like out there. So go ahead and give us a call. 866- oh, that's our prayer line. 800-447. Help me out, people. Okay, let's try it again. Say 800-447-7234. the rest of it all on her own. <laughs> Thank you. Mornings with Rob, Allison, and Jim. This is the time every morning where we pause to pray and lift up a need that's come into our prayer line. That is always available to you as a resource. That number is 866-987-PRAY. Again, that number, 866-987-PRAY. You can call or text at any time. We're hearing from Kayla this morning as well. What's going on, Kayla? I know y'all are talking about the hurricane, but I have a daughter who's nine, um, and she 
has epilepsy. <clears throat> She's had it for about four years now. She's never been under control, and we went to the doctor last week, and we didn't get good results, and they're telling us there's nothing else they can do, and essentially it would cause permanent brain damage, um, and it's already started call- causing brain damage, so I was just wanting to reach out for prayers and hope that hopefully we can find a better solution for her. Absolutely. What's your daughter's name, Kayla? Maggie. Well, we're going to pray for Maggie right now. Father, in Jesus' name, we lift Maggie up to you. And you know what's going on in this precious little nine-year-old's life with the epilepsy and how the doctors say, you know, we can't do anything else. But it appears to me, Father, that the doctors don't know your power and what you can do in, in Maggie's life. And so, Father, we are just praying for a miracle. I mean, they talk about brain damage. And as a parent, that's nothing you really want to hear. And God, I know that in you that there is hope. I know that in you that, that nothing is impossible. And you're with Kayla's daughter, Maggie, right now, even at this very moment. Thank you, God, that you are with her. There's a bright future ahead of her. There is a purpose that's in her life. Kayla is a praying mama, and, and there's nothing more par- powerful than a mom that's on her knees praying for their kids. And so, God, I pray that you encourage Kayla and give her comfort during this time as the doctors give bad news. God, we're going to rely on the good news of Christ today. We place this family in your care. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. I just needed reach out to somebody and let them know that. Kayla, I'm glad you did. And know that we're praying for you big time today. Here's a song we're going to play just for you and Maggie. It's Big Daddy Weave and Jesus, I Believe. I want to walk with you, Jesus. Feel your presence and know you're near.